Rob Gronkowski is retiring, or maybe he might be avoiding training camp. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be in the booth for Thursday Night Football, and I, you know I'm excited to see that. But Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL insiders with USA Today Sports and USA Today Sports Plus. Um, Tyler, we're going to start this off, and usually we like to have a lot of fun on this, but we got a not fun topic to talk about, and that's the Washington Commanders and Roger Goodell testifying in front of the House Oversight Committee on Wednesday. Um, just an incredible display of government trying to oversee uh, an NFL entity and the back and forth between Dems and Republicans <laughs> in that oversight meeting. Um, it was an entertainment um, of uh, unlike any other I've ever seen, Tyler, in that uh, the football has, has filtered into government and um, you know, essentially Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, um, he's got a lot of answering to do. He's got a lot of things that he needs to address uh, properly. And uh, at the result of this, probably the biggest result of the Oversight Committee meeting Wednesday was that he will be subpoenaed to appear. Uh, Tyler, what were some of your reactions and first thoughts on watching the Oversight Committee uh, hearing? And um, where do you think the commanders kind of go from here now? So, yes, the biggest takeaway, as you mentioned, is they're issuing Dan Snyder a subpoena. So he will have to uh, testify. Um, But one of the things that jumped out to me, and I know you will agree with this, is, man, there is no such thing as being bipartisan anymore. It is obvious who is a Republican and who is a Democrat. (laughs) Like, there's just like no agreement there's you know no compromise there's nothing <laughs> of, of the source and then that's just a reflection of how our you know politics are today and the way our congress and house but that's against the uh, subject um regarding the washington football team i mean i i say it with deshaun watson all the time whether that if there's a lot of smoke there there's fire someplace in the building and it seems like he Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team are in so many investigations from, you know, all the sexual harassment allegations to the toxic workplace environment. I mean, there are many uh, accusers um, saying that and then the financial improprieties that are uh, have, you know, been alleged. And uh, one another thing that stuck out, Roger Goodell said he does not have the power to remove Dan Snyder. However, he can uh, request the owners to, you know, have a meeting about his dismissal. And all they need is uh, three quarters of a vote to vote for his uh, exit, and he will have to sell the franchise. Now, we are still a long way from that. I don't see that happening, happening in the near future. But it seems like we're getting to that point, although it's a slow process. Um, you know, this has been a dark cloud over the NFL for a while, and it has several layers, including John Gruden's <laughs> messy exit. So there are so many layers in this, and it's just a dark cloud over the NFL. And I say it all the time. I used to work for the NFL. They are proud about protecting the shield. And this investigation it's gone all the way up to Capitol Hill. It is a black stain on the shield. 
and we should be talking about it is late June. We should be talking about, you know, contract situations, the Kyler Murray's of the world, the Lamar Jackson's training camp is about a month away. And the biggest headline in NFL right now is the House Oversight Committee is investigating Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders. And that I can tell you right now, the owners do not like that. And that overshadowed Rob Gronkowski's retirement. And he's one of the best tight ends, if not the best of all time. I know we're going to get on that later. But, you know, overall, it's just a black cloud over the NFL. And it seems like the two biggest storylines in the NFL right now going into training camp about a month out are the Washington Commanders and all their allegations against them and Deshaun Watson and the sexual misconduct lawsuits that he is up against. Tyler, you mentioned the NFL and the shield and man, Roger Goodell himself is the shield in, in, in this situation. You know, we saw him peppered with questions and, um, you know, seemingly tried uh, as, rep, you know, representatives in the committee tried to really force answers out of him. Um, you know, Roger Goodell is getting paid $63.9 million to be the commissioner of NFL. He's the highest paid commissioner in American sports, probably all sports, to be honest. Um, you know, and that's that's about five, six times more than what other commissioners make in their sport. Um, it's a product of the owners paying Commissioner Goodell to serve this role, to be the shield for them, to field questions so that owners do not have to appear at meetings like this. Um, Daniel Snyder was criticized because... Uh, supposedly he's in France this week, you know, uh, docked his yacht in, in, in France and was about in Europe, um, not even looking back and what's going on in Washington, D.C., but so many layers to this, Tyler. And I think the biggest revelation this week came out um, was a 2009 sexual assault allegation against Snyder in which a female employee accused him of asking her for sex, uh, groping her and attempting to remove her clothes on a private area of one of the team planes while returning to from a work trip in Las Vegas. Um, you know, that's a serious allegation. Other serious allegations includes, you know, um, you know, flying out the cheerleaders to a remote location and creating content for them, which Daniel Snyder had personalized content created for him so that he can enjoy on his own, um, uh, among other things. Um, you know, the, the biggest takeaway I have from, from the committee meeting, which was a spectacle, to say the least, was it was... You know, um, the, the chairwoman, uh, let me look up her name, Carolyn Maloney from New York. Um, she was for obviously having this committee hearing. Um, and her stance was that uh, the NFL is a very, very visible product in our country. Um, obviously, people gravitate towards it every single Sunday and Monday and Thursday nights. Um, so many people in this country are fans of the NFL. And a lot of people think, uh, the NFL is some sort of microcosm of real life. So if there is workplace injustice going on in the Washington football team, it should be addressed on a national scale. It should be kind of brought to light nationally and it should be dealt with uh, with very significant changes and adjustments, which Roger Goodell, you know, talked about happening in the last two years um, specifically. Um, but then you have the other side of the aisle where Republicans were you know, talking about everything else in the country that's happening, where there's a shortage of baby formula, a shortage of tampons, a border crisis, um, so many other issues that are plaguing this country. And they're wanting to know why 
the committee is focusing focusing on the NFL when it's a separate business entity and Roger Goodell is the commissioner who oversees it. Um, that was a really interesting, you know, set of circumstances to hear every single Republican lambast the hearing for that reason. And then there was just the whole spectacle of, you know, I'm not a fan of the NFL. Oh, but I'm a Cowboys fan. Anything Washington does off the field, you know, or on the field is great for me. And then, you know, there was another representative that called Tom Brady every single nickname in the book, including the real Sam Brady. And then there was another representative who shouted out Dave Portnoy, Portnoy, excuse me, the founder of Barstool Sports, asked him why Roger Cadell can't get any access to him. So um, there's two words, one word total, two words with some S's, I want to say, Tyler, mm-hmm. what that committee really was. I'll save that for another episode. But, um, you know, Daniel Snyder is going to be subpoenaed to appear, whether virtually or in person, probably for him, it'd probably be better virtually. But he's got some answers to question. Uh, he's got some questions to answer here, Tyler. Excuse me. Yeah, and you know, you were very kind by not naming some of the representatives, but I have to call one out. Call him out. He, call him out. He was getting on my last nerves, <laughs> and it is Congressman Jim Jordan. I do not see how Ohioans vote for this man. First of all, he called the Washington Commanders by their old name which we know is derogatory, racist, and a name that we should not be using anymore. And it seems like he purposely did that. And then he went on this long dialogue about how the Washington commanders uh, fined Jack Del Rio for freedom of speech and how that should not happen. And he went on this long tangent about, you know, defending Jack Del Rio. However, he mentioned nothing about Colin Kaepernick, conveniently, about his freedom of speech being violated and his right to protest against racial injustice and police brutality. I thought that was real convenient uh, from him and uh, a move that is obvious based on what he has done in the past and what he has said. So, And then the other congressman whose name is slipping my mind, talking about the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and the Flategate, just totally <laughs> away from the subject matter, totally irrelevant. <laughs> it's, man, like you said, it was a spectacle and it was two and a half hours that uh, we will not get back. Uh, I think it was two and a half hours that didn't really do anything. But the biggest takeaway is that they issued a subpoena uh, for Daniel Snyder. So he uh, will probably have to uh, testify. And I'm looking forward to seeing that because uh, Daniel Snyder has been, you know, hiding in the bushes this entire time. Uh, and he's been, uh, his lawyers have been speaking on behalf of him. He has not said much uh, at all. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully it won't be as uh, big of a spectacle as uh, what we saw earlier this week. I don't know, Tyler. If Daniel Snyder is going to be <laughs> testifying, I'm going to be having some popcorn out ready for this show um, because Wednesday was a doozy all in its own. I wanted to bring up one big major point. You mentioned the deflate part, and there was a really contentious point um, made to Roger Goodell, and it's the fact that the NFL did not have a written report to um, and did not publish a written report in regards to the investigation Beth Wilkerson did into the Washington workplace, right? So 
uh, Deflategate. There was a 250-page report on everything that they did from measuring footballs and all the investigation into the Deflategate and the Patriots, right? There was a Miami Dolphins report, I believe, from 2014 or 2004, excuse me for, for miss, uh, miss, miss saying that, but there was a Miami Dolphins report that was at least 100 pages. There was another report um, investigation that had 100 pages, but there was a five-page press release into the discipline that the Washington commanders would receive, nothing in regards to what the investigation has. And Roger Goodell's argument was uh, the NFL told victims that they would have their confidentiality respected um, if they came forward. And so Roger Goodell is saying that, you know, they're hiding behind the confidentiality of all of it, where sometimes, I don't know, Tyler, some of these things do need to come out publicly and kind of paint the entire picture. The picture is bad enough as it is, Tyler. I mean, I don't know how much more worse it can get. It can get really worse if the NFL is trying to hide behind certain things to make sure that things don't get out there and publicized. But um, that was just a contention point that needed to be addressed because, um, you know, it's all about transparency here, Tyler. And if the NFL can't be transparent or um, be open to transparency in regards to Washington's workplace environment and in response to how the John Gruden emails got uh, leaked, leading to his resignation, and also the Brian Flores lawsuit and, you know, how he believes that there were some sham interviews of the like and, and, and everything else that's going on in his class action lawsuit against the league as well. If the league is not open to being transparent, um, you know, there's there's some things that people need to get out there, want to get out there. We want to see the full picture of what's going on in the NFL. And that's what the shield is for. And that's what arbitration is for. So these things don't get out in the public light. We at USA Today wrote a really good piece about the five takeaways um, regarding the uh, oversight committee hearings. And, you know, I thought these uh, were pretty good takeaways, but I know you did, too. Uh, The first one was, did Dan Snyder know about the commander's workplace culture? I mean, I feel like that's an obvious yes from all of us. Um, The second takeaway is uh, Snyder conducted shadow investigations into reporters and ex-team employees. Um, Third is Dan Snyder and the commanders attempted to intimidate witnesses. That's a a damning allegation right there. Um, The fourth is NFL delayed findings of Beth Wilkerson's investigation. And last but not least, the fifth one is Roger Goodell acknowledged unprofessional and unacceptable workplace culture. And uh, we all agree with that based on all the allegations that are coming out of the Washington commander's facility. Uh, This is a very fluid situation, but definitely, definitely uh, damning information that came out uh, during the House Oversight Committee hearings. And if you guys want to keep up on Washington and everything happening with Dan Snyder, please check us out at usatoday.com. All right, Tyler, let's switch gears into the other big story. Um, this is your weekly Deshaun Watson update. And it's unfortunate because we're at the stage now where weekly things are happening with Deshaun Watson. But this week was a major, major development, Tyler. Um, 20 of the 24 women accusing him of sexual misconduct and that have sued him civilly 
um, have reached settlements with Deshaun Watson. 20 out of 24 settlements already reached. Um, and this is kind of a big step for Deshaun Watson in, um, I don't know as far as clearing his name, but a big step in potentially clearing the way for him to play again in the NFL. Um, we'll see how the other four settlements kind of, <clears throat> the other four lawsuits, excuse me, how those reach settlements, if they do. Um, Ashley Solis, the primary or the first woman to step forward and the one who's been the most vocal and identified herself um, and was in the HBO special as well and talked to the New York Times plenty of times. She is still holding her ground in her um, stance against Watson. Three others, uh, and, and those might be the most recent ones that have come out, um, the most recent lawsuits that have been levied against Watson, I believe might be the ones that are remaining here. Um, Tyler, but there are some more lawsuits that could come down the pike for, for Deshaun Watson. And we have this weekly question that we talk about every week is, you know, how many games, if, 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 if not the whole season, should Deshaun Watson play next year? You know, uh, I think, I believe Mike Jones uh, wrote a, a terrific story about this situation. And I'm of the belief, and I am hearing that there are a lot of people that believe Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for the entire season. I know a lot of Cleveland Browns fans don't want to hear that, but that is, you know, the rumblings around the National Football League. Um, I'm not going to say if I agree with it or not, but I do think there needs to be a heavy suspension um, because even if some people believe Deshaun Watson is innocent. He did violate the league's, per, um, you know, conduct policy um, just because of the fact that he had allegedly 66 different massage therapists over the course of three months. Now, he didn't. 19 confirm months. Or de- 19 months oh, 19 months. Sorry. He didn't confirm or deny that, but he did say that, you know, he doesn't know. You have 24 different women who are alleging the same thing. And now there are four that are, you know, still uh, active uh, civil lawsuits. So, you know, when regards to Deshaun Watson, I know he and his team profess his innocence and are adamant that he did not do anything wrong. And if there were sexual contact it was consensual but i mean it's getting into a he said she said battle and you know for the nfl sake i do think he'll probably be suspended for a year i think he should be suspended for the entire season and i can agree with where you believe how watson's team should you know i guess fight for him or they will fight for him to have less of a suspension so he does play you know, this season, um, there was a quote from NFL spokesman, VP of communications, Brian McCarthy, who said the development has no impact on the collectively bargained disciplinary, disciplinary process, uh, which essentially means just because Jason Watson has 20 lawsuits settle, um, you know, doesn't mean it's a situation that NFL thinks, OK, well, it's been adjudicated, so we don't have to adjudicate further or less, um, you know, in our good friend Josina Anderson Tyler just wrote out that you know the NFL the PA and Watson's camp have been in discussions on disciplinary action but 
talks fall apart when it comes to, you know, winning results and, and how many games that he should be suspended. So this is a fluid situation, like you mentioned, with the Washington case. And, look, I don't know how Deshaun Watson uh, moves forward and all this. He's trying his best, too. But, you know, when you look at Deshaun Watson, you can't help but look at him in a negative light now. Um, you know, he's not the guy that he was when he came out of Clemson. Um, and he's not the guy that he was, you know, the first couple of years in the NFL with his pristine reputation. Um, you know, he has a different reputation now. It's going to follow him for the rest of his career. Um, to me, you know, we can have so many redemption stories. Deshaun Watson could win a couple of Super Bowls and, you know, the stain will still be behind him. And, you know, I'm not sure how we really will look at him, you know, moving forward. It's really unfortunate to say. Um, and really unfortunate because he was one of the best quarterbacks in our league, arguably top two right behind Patrick Mahomes, you know, at one point. So um, I'm really interested to see how this all goes forward, Tyler. Yeah, you know, I do believe in redemption. I do believe, you know, people can change and, you know, get better. But he's going to have to start from the ground up um, to gain the trust and the faith in society again and and women for women to cheer for him. And I'm not saying all women, but, you know, this definitely damaged his reputation tremendously. And he's going to have to work to regain it uh, back uh, across the National Football League for the Cleveland Browns to the, you know, the NFL to women to men. And Deshaun Watson definitely, he said he's uh, getting counseling. I think that's the first step. Yeah, and I, and I guess, you know, for Watson himself, you know, this was pretty significant. Um, mm -hmm. The settlement of the lawsuits was very, very significant. It was a major hindrance in why the Miami Dolphins did not trade for him back at the trade deadline last season. Um, you know, the Dolphins owner, Steve Ross, wanted settlements reached before, um, you know, making any move, and the Dolphins didn't make a move. The Browns did um, at, you know, earlier this offseason. Um, and not only did they make the move for him, they gave him a $230, excuse me, they gave him a $230 million contract, mm -hmm. fully guaranteed, uh, max deal. That's like an NBA contract, fully guaranteed, okay? There was no NFL record, by the way. NFL record <laughs> contract. So, um, you know, Watson probably feels a lot better about everything being settled now. I'm sure the Browns probably feel a lot better about things settled now, but I'm not sure how you can put this guy on the field for – you know, any amount of games, really. I don't know if eight is enough. I, I really don't know how many games are, are worth it or how many games Deshaun Watson should be playing. But um, that's the next step in all of this is how Deshaun Watson handles the ridicule and the criticism that's going to follow him, um, especially when he's on the road and fans come to see him, you know, and, and, and give him the works when they do see him every single Sunday. Yeah, you know, you can't suspend Calvin Ridley for – an entire year for parlay bets and then suspend DeAndre Hopkins for six games for uh, what he said unknowingly took uh, performance enhancement uh, substance and then turn around and suspend Deshaun Watson four to six to eight games. Especially if you, I know it's apples and oranges, but if you compare it to Calvin Ridley and a $1,500 parlay bet, I mean, <sighs> that, that the optics on that are, yeah. are terrible. Yeah. So you, it, I feel as though you at least have to suspend him a year, and he's not out of the woods yet because he still has four active lawsuits, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ongoing. So uh, I think you, if 
for the NFL, I think you almost have to look into suspending him at least at the bare minimum 10 games. <laughs> I agree. I think 10 games <laughs> should be the bare minimum. I would even say 12, man. I mean, I don't know. There's there's so much, so fluid. And, and at some point, Deshaun Watson is going to play a game. At some point, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, when the NFL is ready for that, when Deshaun Watson is ready for that, when the Cleveland Browns are ready for that, and sadly, when the victims are all, I don't know if they'll ever be ready for that or how they feel about seeing Deshaun Watson kind of go about his professional life, um, you know, knowing they were affected. Um, you know, it's interesting to see, and, and we'll see how this all unfolds. A very fluid situation. All right, Tyler, let's lighten up the podcast. The only way that one, this player in particular, lights up everything else. Rob Gronkowski announced he is retiring from the NFL this week. Um, first of all, Tyler, I have to ask you a question. Do you really think he's retiring? Do you really think he's stepping away? Do we really think he just, you know, just wants to sit out of training camp and come week six ready for the rest of the season? Do we really think Gronk is stepping away for good? That's my first question. So my answer is yes, I do think he is retiring for real this time, his second retirement. However, I would not be shocked if, say, around October, November, maybe even December, Tom Brady calls him for the umpteenth time and is like, hey, you know, we're about to get in the playoff run. We're Super Bowl contenders. How about, you know, come back a little bit. Play one one last ride for me, and you, you miss training camp. You miss the dog days <laughs> of September, uh, you know. And now we're in this stretch run. You don't have to practice that much. Come back, come play. I would not be surprised if he played uh, two months. <laughs> I wouldn't either, Tyler. I wouldn't either. That's all he has to play. Look, like Rob Barakowski pretty much said on the last week of June. Yo, guys, I'm not showing up next month. I don't want to end my summer next month. I don't want to have mm-hmm. three, four weeks of my summer left, and then I got to go sweat it out for 20-odd you know, twenty odd some weeks during an NFL season. Call me when you guys are ready, or you know what? When I'm ready, I'll call you guys, and I'll mm-hmm. come back. Um, I really think it's something along these lines as well because I don't blame Gronk. Nobody wants to be in training camp. Um, it's what you need to do to you know, prepare for a season, yes. It's what you need to do to get off to a fast start. But, you know, Tom Brady and Gronk, they both know how each other plays. And Gronk doesn't need to be watching film or anything. Run straight, Gronk. Go do this. Block that guy. That's all That's all Gronk needs. And, and, and with all of that, he's turned a Hall of Fame career, Tyler. He really has. Uh, he's 33, arguably one of the best tight ends in NFL history. 11 years in the league, nine with the Patriots, the last two with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, 321 catches for nine 1,286 yards, 92 touchdowns. Um, his yardage is fifth in NFL history. His touchdowns are third in NFL history. And he's got four Super Bowl rings with Tom Brady, Tyler. The thing with Gronk, though, is I can understand his reasoning to, you know, want to retire. He's been injured a lot in yeah. his career. Mm-hmm. Back, knee, ankle, foot, shoulder. Elbow, yeah. <laughs> so and these injuries add up, and it's not like when you know you're healed from an injury, your elbow, your knee, your back is a hundred percent and as good as ever anymore. No, those injuries have a lingering effect and pretty much stay with you for the rest of your life. 
And the older you get, the more knickknack injuries you get, the more times, you know, those injuries flare up and the parts that you have surgery on, they get kind of tender. So all that plays a, a factor in uh, all athletes' decisions, let alone Gronk. And Gronk, you know, he wasn't just a pass-catching tight end. Gronk could block, too. He was one of the better blockers in uh, NFL history for a tight end. And blocking takes a, a toll on your body, definitely, especially when you're blocking those outside linebackers, those defensive ends that are a lot of times bigger than Gronk, and they're wearing on you. So that's a lot of wear and tear on the body, let alone getting hit when you catch the football. So I can understand his reasoning for wanting to retire. I know he still has some left in the tank, but you can tell he was slowing down a little bit over the last few years because he has taken a lot of hits. But I do want to raise a question for you, Sophit. You did say Gronk was one of the best tight ends in NFL history. So I want to ask you, is Gronk the best tight end in NFL history? And if not, rank your top three i'll mm. give you my top five but i'll do it after you at least give me your top three got you can it, go to five if you want i mean uh, gronk has the most rings right it's got four four rings yeah. with tom brady um i mean just the fact that you're tom brady's tight end uh it holds a lot of weight in the discussion right um i think the years that he played you know he's not having this long career like guys like antonio gates tony gonzalez um you know, he, Jason Wayne, he's not having the, you know, the longevity of a career, but the things that he's done in X amount of time just to be, you know, third, 11 seasons, excuse me, third in touchdowns, fifth in receptions, that shows that he didn't need a lot of time to do a lot of things either. Um, arguably one of the best pass catching tight ends we've seen. Uh, one of the best blocking ones too. Uh, I mean, when you saw Gronk come out with that huge, like elbow, like, you know, brace on and, and like, you just knew it was going down on Sunday. You knew he was ready to catch passes and moss everybody and stiff arm the hell out of anybody that came his way. Um, and he's definitely one of the most feared players that we've ever seen. Um, I put Gronk top three. I think Tony Gonzalez still has an edge. You know, you don't lead all the stats with, you know, without being that. Antonio Gates, and, and I'll give you four. I'll give you Shannon Sharp. Um, but I think as soon as we talk about these guys, I put Travis Kelsey in the argument now. He's one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. Um you know, and I'm going to definitely see some other guys jumping into that mix, too. But I put Gronk up there. He's up there with Antonio Gates. He's up there with Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp. You know, those are the three biggest names that I think of at the tight end position. Um, and then I think Travis Kelsey next, man. I, I like your ranking. I, my ranking is very similar. I would put uh, Tony Gonzalez one. Then I will put Gronk number two. Okay, number two, Gronk. Antonio Gates number three. I will put Shannon Sharp number four and Kellen Winslow number five. Kellen Winslow, forgot about him. Imagine, yeah. what do you think Shannon Sharp will think about your rankings, Tyler? Uh, he would probably think he'd be number two. Skip, I think skip, skip, Sharp... skip, 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 <laughs> skip. Uh, and see, a lot of people, they, they get, you know, sidetracked and uh, view Shannon Sharp as the talk, the talking personality, the NFL yeah, analyst. He was a dog. But Shannon Sharp was, he was a, a dog. great tight end. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was very, very good. Hall of Famer. So don't get it twisted. Shannon Sharp was a dog, like you said. 
And I think we're going to remember Gronk the same way too. Like, look, who doesn't want Gronk on TV? You're going to need to have the, the sensor button on, on, on deck. You know what I'm saying? But like, can't, mm-hmm. you can't tell me, he, you know, he wouldn't shine on like a, his own broadcast. Like, I don't think he wants like structure. Invite Gronk on your show, invite him on your podcast, but like, don't make him do Thursday night football every week. Like he just doesn't want to do that. You know, right. I think we're going to remember Gronk for the free, free flowing lifestyle that he lives, um, being the, the biggest star in any room he's walked in. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going to keep you and keep him kind of in the front of, you know, people's minds, you know, as he moves on to his next stage of his career before he comes back and plays this season, of course. Though. <laughs> All right. So let's switch gears and talk about your boy, DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals receiver who is facing a six-game suspension to start the 2022 season because there was a positive drug test and he violated the NFL's policy regarding performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, Tyler DeAndre Hopkins spoke recently and he said, traces of an illegal substance was detected in the system during a November drug test. Um, It was Osterine, um, which is a selective androgen receptor module that is not approved for human use or consumption in the U.S. or any other country. Um, Watkins says there was a 0.1% found in my system. If you know what that is, you know it's contamination, not something directly taken. Um, I've never taken substance uh, supplements, excuse me. I barely take vitamins. So for something like that to happen to me, obviously I was shocked. But my team and I were still trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Tyler, do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to see his six-game suspension reduced? I don't think his suspension will be reduced. However, I do believe him. Um, a lot of times when athletes are coming back from injury and they're in that you know recovery process, which DeAndre Hopkins is, I was at Cardinals minicamp. He did not uh, practice he was there because he's still, you know, nursing various injuries. But a lot of times when, you know, athletes are recovering and trying to come back, you know, they do take supplements and that, that they think are within, uh, you know, the guidelines and within the rules of the NFL's, uh, you know, performance enhancing, uh, drugs policy. Um, but in this case, this Osterine that was found in Dre Hopkins system, I think that he unknowingly uh, took a substance that had this uh, in there. And, you know, he just got caught for it. But this happens a, a lot of times in all sports where athletes, they're coming back from injury and they take a supplement, supplement and they did not know that an, a, form, a performance-enhancing drug was uh, part of that supplement. And they get caught for it. Um, I see it in track and field. I see it in NFL. I see it in baseball, football, basketball, no matter the sport, all across the board. We've seen it in uh, baseball, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely seen it in baseball. But uh, I, I do think DeAndre Hopkins is telling the truth. Um, it's just, you know, if you do the crime, even if you unknowingly <laughs> did the crime, you made a mistake, you got to do the time. And it's a six-game suspension. Uh, maybe the Cardinals can have a reversal this year. They usually start off hot, and then they tail off at the end and then have to go in a tailspin. So maybe they'll start off, you know what, two and four, three and three, and then end the season hot. They do have a lot of talent at the, you know, the wide receiver and the skill position. So, so when DeAndre Hopkins is back, you pair him with Hollywood Brown, 
Zach Ertz, AJ Green. You got, you know, James Conner in the backfield. That's uh, some nice skill position uh, for Kyler Murray at his disposal. So maybe they'll go on a run at the end of the season instead of flaming out there. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I see you wearing your Arizona Cardinals, Cardinal red. I'm wearing my USA so, Today Sports Plus red. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so I'm just getting, being the you're optimist. Just, you're just being very nice, Arizona Cardinals. We need to really get producer Emily to cut that uh, old clip you had about the Cardinals and when they <laughs> completely fell flat at the end of last oh, yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyler, we, we spoke about Ryan Fitzpatrick at the top joining the booth for Thursday Night Football. And I got some good news. He's going to be joining Richard Sherman and Tony Gonzalez for Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. He's going to be joining the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame show. Three doses of Ryan Fitzpatrick and that glorious beard. I'm excited to see it. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks I've ever covered. And with Tony Gonzalez and Richard Sherman, that should make for some good TV, man. Yeah, you know, I, I do like Tony Gonzalez and Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman and I actually ran track together in high school. Tell me you smoked uh, him. Tell me you smoked him. <laughs> no, we didn't have the same event. He was okay, a jumper. Okay. I was a thrower. But he would probably have smoked me. So I'm, <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I, do, I do like that pairing. And then, you know, I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think he's underrated. You know, he went to Harvard. I can't stress that enough. Anytime you go to Harvard, you, you you got, you know, some brain power, right? <laughs> so I think that's a good dynamic. You got Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Famer. Richard Sherman, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, his intellect and his bright football mind. I think that I'm, I'm looking forward to watching <clears throat> the three of them. Man, shout out to all three of those guys, man. They're You mm-hmm. know what? I'm going to say it too. They're three very handsome guys too, man. Uh, everybody's going to be watching Thursday Night Football. Ryan Fitzpatrick got this glorious beard. Richard Sherman got the beautiful dreadlocks. Tony Gonzalez, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he might be top five all time, gorgeous guys in the NFL. I'm just letting you. You're going to let me just have that part of the conversation, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you talk (laughs) for yourself on that. This is how we get more audience in the NFL right here. We have these three handsome guys on Thursday Night Football. And I think it's really cool, too, having this different kind of coverage, Tyler. It's cool to see these players, um, you know, as analysts or, or, you know, people like you and I. You know, we haven't played football and, and, and the insight that they can provide in live time of what they've seen during a half and what teams need to do and how teams perform in crunch time and their analysis after games, too. I think it's going to make for a really great show on Thursday nights. I'm looking forward to that week two Thursday night game. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the L.A. Chargers. That is going to be a great game. Stop. You might go to that game. That's co- closer to your neck of the woods since it's in Kansas City, right? Let us pray. Let us pray, Tyler. <laughs> All right. NBA Draft Week is happening. And if you're if it's a football podcast listener, you know me and Tyler love basketball way more than we love football. But, uh, Tyler, we got a nice little proposition from producer Emily. And she asked us about which current NFL players would you put in the NBA starting lineup? So I got five guys, Tyler. You got five guys in the NFL. We're picking NFL players to go up against each other. I'm going to pick a squad. You pick a squad. You're going to pick a squad first so I can pick a better squad. Go ahead first. Man, I think we should uh, have our you know USA Today Sports Plus account tweet this out and have fans vote who has a better squad. But I- I'm excited about my squad. Oh, you got a now, whole squad ready? All right, let me write I this got, down. I got a whole squad ready. Running the point. I got Kyler Murray. 
Mm, a little bit shorter sure. for a point guard, 5'10-ish, but quick. I know he can dish the rock, got some handles. He's my starting point guard. Now, the two-guard position, I wrestle with this. You know, I, I wanted to get a shooter in there, but I was like, no, I, I want to trade sh- shooting in for athleticism and can be a shooter, but a slasher. So I have Lamar Jackson as my starting two-guard. For the three, I wanted a dynamic wing that can do everything and there's nobody better than Derwin James. Derwin James is my starting three guard, athletic wing, can obviously play defense, buck and score when needed to. My number four, it might surprise you, my power forward, but I've seen him play basketball in these pickup LA fitness videos. I think I, think I know who you're going to say. Miles Garrett. Oh, wow. Miles Garrett is my number four. I see him dunk the basketball. I like that. I like that. My bruiser in the middle. And my number five, he's actually played basketball for the U, University of Miami, still playing tight end in the National Football League. Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Graham, 6'7". I got a small center, but 6'7", that's pretty good size. So there, he's Draymond Green size. He's taller than Draymond Green. So yeah. that's my center, Jimmy Grant, ex-basketball player for University of Miami. Wow, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Let me see. Let me see. Um, you were obviously very prepared for this segment. I was not. <laughs> I was not. You explained everybody out. I mm-hmm. like how you did this. This is like one of those things you see on Instagram where it's like, pick your starting five. You had everything already out. You explained it perfectly. Hey, yeah. yeah. You did great. All right, here's my... Here's my starting five. We're going to come back to you ready. We're going to come with it. Point guard, Kyler Murray don't want to see none of this guy, Tyler. I'm going with Tyreek Hill. Give me oh. Tyreek Hill running the point faster than Kyler Murray, fastest guy on the court and on the field. Uh, I'm taking him as my point guard. Uh, okay. num- number two, I'm going to go Pat Mahomes, man. I'm going to go Pat Mahomes. I know he played a little baseball. I know he's a football god. I think he got a jump shot, too. We can see him play a little uh Play a little golf recently, but I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes at the two. We got a nice little dynamic backcourt, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I know they might not be getting along recently. They're going to be beefing on the court. That's friction. Ex- friction. That's exactly, that's exactly what I want. I want them to beef it up all the time. Uh, small forward, I, you know what? I, I'm going to pick a Chief again, I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey, man. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey at the three. This is a tight end. I need I need a big three. I need that big, you know, six, seven, six. You know, he's not six, seven, but. Six four, six five. Uh, you know, play the three. I mean, Derwin James is gonna lock him up. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, Kelsey ain't messing him with him in the post, though. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, power forward. I'm going Aaron Donald. We going big at the four. We going big at the four. Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. That'd be a fun matchup. Get Miles your popcorn get, ready. Yeah, get your popcorn <laughs> ready. Aaron Donald. We gonna box out all day, all day. Center. I'm going T.J. Watt. Tyler. I'm going T.J. Watt. We're going to swat a lot of footballs. We're going to swat a lot of basketballs. Come to the rim and see T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald if you want to, Tyler. That, that That's good, team. You know, I did uh, consider Aaron Donald. I wanted him coming off the bench. I was very surprised. Because I, I don't know if Aaron Donald, you know, has any finesse to his game. I know mm-hmm. he's going to knock some people out. He's going to be an enforcer. <laughs> so I, li- I like your squad. I like your squad. I w- I'm surprised you left Aaron Donald out there for me. It was the first name I had written down. 
Um, also, my sixth man would be Jalen Waddle. I don't know if you've seen this kid play some basketball, Tyler, but Jalen Waddle could be a starting two in the NBA if you really, really wanted to. I don't know. I believe that, but maybe I'm biased. Yeah, you're biased. You got your Miami <laughs> Dolphin bias. I'm going to send you a clip. I'm going to send you a clip, and we'll talk about it. Okay. He okay. Got, he's nice. He's nice with it. I think my team edges your team out. My team plays a little bit more defense. They're a little bit more athletic, especially at uh, you know the guard and wing spot. I think a little bit more, just a little bit, a little bit more. But you know what I'm saying? My team. I'm the player coach. I'm coming in off the bench. I'm waiting. Oh, if, if I'm coming off, stop it. Threes from the corner. You ain't touching my three point shot. I'm the Brown Mamba. You don't want none of this, Tyler. Trust me, I'm telling I'm, you I'm right more, now. I'm more of a slasher, so you can be the Mamba. I'm LeBron. You, you're a slasher? <laughs> All right, cool. I can play off defense on you, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. We want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. Thanks for listening this week. And we'll catch you again soon. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.